1: Down, a-down, hey, down, a-down They were as black as they might be With a down One of them said to his mate Where shall we our breakfast take With a down, dairy, 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 down, down Hello and welcome to a special Advent 2023 edition of the Three Ravens podcast. My name is Martin Vaux. I'm a writer, storyteller and English romanticism obsessive. And I'm joined as ever by my partner in crime and all dark arts. Eleanor Conlon. Hello.
0: We're continuing with our countdown to Christmas over 12 days of mini episodes culminating in our Three Ravens Christmas special on Christmas Day itself. Yep. We're using the 12 Days of Christmas song as a very loose justification for waffling on all about interesting historical and folkloric tidbits roughly related to Yuletide. And
1: here we are, day five, Ho, 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 and happy Boar's Head Feast Day to those who are celebrating.
0: Which we absolutely are. (laughs) But, Martin, straight to business. Maids are milking. Mm. As discussed yesterday, I'm not a fan of milk. I'll have my tea and coffee black, thank you very much, (laughs) and no arguments. Though there's no doubt that the milkmaid is about as quintessential a symbol of country life as you'll hope to come across.
1: Oh, for sure, and there's loads and loads of good reasons for that, some of which are pretty darn obvious when you think about it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm as partial as the next person to the idea of a hale and hearty maiden as a wholesome symbol of possibility (laughs) and vitality. (laughs) But in European folklore, the maid or maiden is pretty ubiquitous, isn't she?
1: Oh, of course, and this is linked to concepts of the triple goddess as found in a dazzling number of religions across the world from the fates to the seasons in hellenism where there were three seasons instead of four as many people don't know as well as the charities the hindu tridevi the ancient greeks believed the Goddess Hecate had three aspects, namely the new moon, the waxing moon and the
0: full moon. With all versions of the triple goddess basically breaking down to three stages of life, the maiden, the mother and the crone.
1: Precisely that. These ideas were developed by Freud's one-time apprentice, then partner Carl Jung, as part of his work on archetypes. And when it comes to what these stages of life represent – Broadly speaking, the maiden represents the virginal, unmarried, exploratory stage of a woman's life, as well as in the platonic model of love, eros, or desire. The mother represents fulfilment, stability, childbearing, and agape, or sacrificial love, while the crone represents wisdom, death, and rest, and philia, or love of friendship and guidance.
0: Just the platonic model of love aspect is really interesting. Mm. Not least philia, which is really complicated because it's also said to be the love of yourself. Yeah. And in being kind to your friends and loving them, you're also loving yourself as your friends are part of and an extension of you. Yeah,
1: quite right. Well, agape, sacrificial love, is the idea that you would truly give something meaningful like lose a limb out of love in the same way a parent would for a child or in Christian and Stoic philosophy, the ways God gave up his son to be crucified and that's pretty
0: heavy Mm. well Eros Desire we spoke about on our demons episode during Haunting Season with the maiden being this aspect of femininity kind of representing adventure in
1: the triple goddess terms of course as put forward by the likes of Robert Graves in the White Goddess the various versions of the triple goddess are all three versions of femininity in one whether that be Hecate or Athena or any number of goddesses and it's it's saying that a number of historians and literary theorists are- really do not like the Triple Goddess theory. <laughs> or
0: Robert Graves. <laughs> yeah, including
1: our friend Ronald Hutton, he, he's not a fan, as well as many feminist writers and lots and lots of people in the LGBTQIA plus movement. But
0: there's also fun to be had with discussions of the Triple Goddess, isn't mm, there? Oh, yeah. And no doubt in folklore and neo-paganism, mythology, wicca, tarot, loads of things we were interested in, yeah. the Triple Goddess is very evident and there to be found. With,
1: of course, male counterparts as well. As for maidens in particular, though, we have a heck of a lot of them in folklore.
0: Most certainly. I mean, I've discussed on our recent Patreon exclusive on Snow Queen's the Disney Corporation has more or less made its millions exploiting them. (laughs) Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Rapunzel of Tangled, the list goes on and on. And
1: I think it's really, really interesting that that's happened because, of course, a lot of these films are about the idea of girls finding love and getting married, which is definitely an aspect of archetypal maiden stories. But it's definitely not the only thing maidens get up to in folk and fairy tales, is it?
0: Of course not. I mean, even picking just the most famous ones, Little Red Riding Hood, very famous one. Teenage girl wearing her suddenly red hood. Yes. Encountering a big, hairy, predatory wolf in the forest. She doesn't get married. No, that's true. Neither does Goldilocks, of course. And then maybe one of the most famous and most creepy maiden stories is Bluebeard. Yeah. Well, yeah, the maiden does get married, but then she realises what a horror marriage can be, literally in the case of her husband, who's been torturing and killing wives and keeping them in a locked room in his castle. Oh,
1: I wish Disney would make a Bluebeard movie. Yeah. <laughs> or an adaptation of Angela Carter's The Bloody Chamber. That would really reshape some childhoods, wouldn't it?
0: I would have found that very affirming as a child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, sitting behind a lot of the maiden stories where marriage is a feature is this idea of the potential for mother's milk and women moving into that phase from maiden to mother. And perhaps for this reason, there are a goodly number of folk tales and fables about your favourite, milk.
0: I'm I mean, that is definitely true but as touched on when we were talking about piper's piping and also actually in our super sarwain special when yeah. we were talking about transhumanism certainly in europe it has very much been a tradition to keep livestock mm-hmm. milks made into cream and cheese and where would the world be without cream and cheese well
1: it would certainly be less tasty and for sure it was a uh part expectation that young women and girls would be involved in milking cows and so on. But it was also a man's job to milk cattle, yet we don't hear so many tales of men are milking or boys are milking, do we? No,
0: that's a very fair point.
1: Now, meanwhile, we have stories like, for example, Aesop's fable of the milkmaid and her pail of milk. In that one, there's a young girl who's carrying her filled milk pail to market, balancing it on her head. And as she goes, she starts to think, well, with the money I'll earn from selling this milk, oh, I could buy at least 300 eggs. And then those eggs, even if some break, will still produce... 200 chickens, then those chickens will become ready for market when poultry will fetch the highest price and they'll lay yet more eggs meaning by the end of the year, I'll have money enough to buy a new gown and once I have that new dress, I'm going to go to the Christmas festivities where all the handsome young men will propose to me but I'll toss my head and refuse every one of them. But in thinking of tossing her head, the girl actually tosses her head, dropping the milk pail which smashes into a hundred tiny pieces the milk draining away into the dirt.
0: <laughs> now, well bleak, that's an excellent little folk tale for many reasons. Mm. Not least because this sensible young woman was thinking about making her own money. And I do I thoroughly approve of and yeah. also gets rid of the milk,
1: so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well it also has quite a bit going on beyond just the simple because as with milk in almost all stories as well as nourishment it also represents potential for the future and there's a sense for this girl that she has all this potential and it can do all sorts for her including attracting potential lovers which she says she'll reject anyway but it's through dreaming too hard and forgetting reality that she ends up squandering it all and it's not super cheerful but like most good folktales it's solid advice keep your feet on the ground and focus on the task in hand
0: that's very true. And uh, then there's the um, the brother's grim tale, Lean Lisa. That's a fun one. Oh, that
1: is a fun one. Go on, you tell that one. OK,
0: well, there was once this lady called Lean Lisa who worked her fingers to the bone. She burned herself out, basically, from morning till evening and loaded so much work on her husband, Lanky Lens, that he too was also exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yet, no matter how hard they worked, it did them no good. They had nothing and their work earned them nothing. One evening, Lisa was lying in bed, too tired to move, but unable to fall asleep on account of having so much to do the next day, when she poked her husband in the side with her elbow and said, Lens, I've had an idea. If I found a gold coin and you gave me another one and I borrowed another one, then I could take the three coins to town to buy a cow. Lens agreed, but said, Darling, I don't know where I'm going to get the gold coin you think I'm going to give you. After you have money to buy a cow, life will be better and we'll have plenty. Not least because after the cow calves, I'll be able to have some good refreshing milk to drink. Well, Lisa replied, that milk won't be for you. We'll let the calf drink it so it can grow big and fat and then we can sell it for a good price. Of course, Lens said, but it won't hurt if we do drink a little milk from time to time. (laughs) Who taught you about cows, Lisa continues. I won't allow it, whether it will hurt anything or not. You can stand on your head and whistle, but you won't get a single drop of my cow's milk. Just because you're always hungry, you think you can just gobble up everything my hard work brings in. Lisa, Lenz said, no need to be nasty, or I'll lose my temper. What? cried Lisa. Are you threatening me, you big fat glutton? You good for nothing, you lazybones! <laughs> At this point, Lenz felt Lisa sitting up as if to cajole him further, so Lenz grabbed his pillow and pushed it over Lisa's face. She couldn't fight back on account of being so weak, but he laid her flat, let her exhaust herself by speaking into the pillow, and once she was done, she went to sleep. The next morning, when Lisa woke up, she found Lentz already out at work, so she, thinking to make the most of the day, went out looking for her golden coin.
1: Now I absolutely love that story. It has a certain horrid bleakness to it that a lot of grim tales do. Yeah, of-
0: has things in common with the aesop story as well hmm. and once again it's about milk being potential that yes. you know is never going to be realized which i suppose makes sense also in the sense that milk does spoil pretty quickly yeah, that's true. so it's quite a rare as a time sensitive resource in
1: that way oh for sure and it's also closely linked to magic isn't it milk for example there's all the beliefs around leaving milk out for pixies and fairies and hobbs
0: Yeah, Santa Claus if we're talking about Christmas.
1: And then there's anxieties about witches stealing milk, sometimes suckling from cows while transformed as hares.
0: To be fair then, a lot of these stories can be linked to the maiden archetype and its many facets, as well as ideas and concepts of nourishment, health and prosperity some of which relate to the mother archetype too. Oh
1: yeah, exactly. So when we think about our maids are milking, I think it's actually one of the most potent sets of symbols in the 12 Days of Christmas song. Yes, literally, milkmaids were a thing in almost every village in England. But also, when you dig into the maiden and into milk as symbols, separately or together, there's a heck of a lot to explore.
0: Absolutely. But all of that said... You can still leave the milk out of my tea and coffee, thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Duly noted. So, Eleanor, what are we going to be talking about next in our Three Ravens Advent journey?
0: Tomorrow will be swans a-swimming. And although we don't eat swans in this day and age, as we'll be discussing, people in past times most definitely did.
1: You know a cool fact about swans? The collective noun for them is a lamentation of swans a good one, isn't it?
0: It is, although I still prefer our conspiracy of ravens.
1: naturally. Still, until tomorrow, while our maids carry their pails of milk to market. That
0: way we'll go this way. And remember, don't whistle till you're out of the woods. God sent every gentleman Such hounds, such hawks, and such leemans with a down dairy dairy, dairy Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.